Tonight, we talk about a sci-fi movie. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> that was it. Welcome to the New World Podcast, where we discuss every movie made by New World Pictures. Uh, I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Yo. And Erica. And tonight, we are discussing a sci-fi movie, Space Raiders. Thundering across the galaxy and into legend. last brave starfighters who become space raiders. The action explodes as the fight for freedom races across the universe. Get us out of here! A frightened boy, a last-ditch hero and his alien crew, soaring into battle to save the galaxy. That's it. Is that what it's about? Because I took, my takeaway from this movie was nothing. So is that what is that it? Is that what it's about? Great question, Erica. We are about to talk about what Space Raiders is all about. I can't wait to get some of my Raiders heads. Like I know uh, Star Trek fans are called Trekkers, and uh, Star Wars fans are just called Trekkers. I thought they were called Trekkies. Trekkers is the preferred nomenclature for Star Ugh, Trek fans. Gross. And uh, Star Wars fans are just called, uh, you know, malcontents. But what do we call Space Raiders fans? We call them Raiders! Um, we're so excited to talk about Space Raiders tonight, especially Erica. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that's what the movie is about? I don't know what this movie's about. It's about Ryan, nothing. What, Ryan, what do you think this movie's about? It's a real that's a great question, Mark. Here's what I think this movie is about. And I've watched it at least three times. And I watched it last night and rewound it at certain points to make sure I understood it. And I think this movie is about um a very deceptive young boy who goes about destroying a crew uh, of people on a, on a spaceship. <laughs> That's what I think the movie's ultimately about. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. <laughs> I mean, I think that's it. Although I don't, Mark, what did you think it was, this was about? Honestly, I looked, I, I thought it was, it's about a kid. He stows away on a ship where he meets a couple aliens uh, he learns to kill people. Uh, he gains some life-saving nursing skills uh, oh, yeah. before ultimately being dumped on a desert planet and left to die. <laughs> yes, yes. He is definitely left out there to die. And probably a very expensive shot. Um, 
yeah, that's what potentially Space Raiders is about. It is about a little boy. It is apparently about a futuristic society where robots do a lot of our work. Yeah. Tell robots you. also need coffee, and they use a coffee maker <laughs> that looks similar to the one I use today. I can also tell you that as much as we're discussing robots off the top, Robots do not play a large role in this movie. They don't play any role in this movie. Well, there are sections where they showed up. You may not remember. I don't believe it. I don't buy <laughs> it. Those same robots that were drinking the coffee were also doing a very bad version of the robot. Yes. Yes, they're doing a bad version of the robot. They were they were very flexible robots. <laughs> Almost human-like. Yes. As if... They weren't robots at all, but they could bend their knees and they were very, they were very mobile as robots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We open up the scene, the the whole movie with a little boy named Peter Mm -hmm. who is very, that's shocking. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't didn't realize that. Take away his name. (laughs) His name is Peter and he is trying to get a little tiny uh, futuristic alien bug. Starts off, Peter. I already hate Peter. I already feel like Peter's yeah. an asshole. Well, there were gonna. I am with you on Peter is the devil, as far as I'm concerned in this movie. And he's trying to get this, but he's trying to get this little bug, and instantly a crew uh, jumps into this Home Depot, the back of a Home Depot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Erica, you got it too. <laughs> Supposedly, like, this is why is this kid up? hanging out in a Home Depot? Because he's an asshole. That's the whole... There's no titty count, but there's an asshole count in this movie. And Peter is... He is number one. Over the A top. number one. He is he on is the top of the one. list. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, he his parents run the corporation. And it's a corporation is the biggest in the galaxy. Did, there's like a whole announcement that does all this work for like... In the very beginning, that does all this work for exposition. But didn't it feel like it was a comedy? I yes. when this movie started, I thought I was gonna love it. Yeah, that voiceover about the the don't worry, the company picnic. We found a yeah, galaxy. A planet, we found a planet that doesn't rain. Where it doesn't rain. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be hilarious. It sounded like oh, this is gonna be kind of funny, kind of tongue in cheek, and that is the sole moment of tongue in cheekness. Yeah, I was like, oh, here we go. This is gonna I've be been, like airplane. This is gonna be hilarious. Yeah. And then snooze fest for yeah. the next eighty three minutes. And and so then they go into a warehouse that's highly guarded considering it's just steel girders and like just like blue highly guarded though blue garbage cans to just blow through and steal a shit. well there's a bunch of guys obviously you haven't been to the home depot in signal hill it's heavily guarded Ooh, (laughs) the uh the long the long beach uh uh home depots have a lot gates up long beach yeah yikes yeah, free they, for all in they, the North Hollywood Home Depot. They basically have those like I thought it was like from uh, Phantasm, you know, where they put all the bodies in those little blue trash cans or whatever. Right? How right. dare right. you rank Phantasm? At least Phantasm, I could stay awake for. I was like, are they just transporting all those little people? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> that and steel girders. <laughs> they. I don't understand what the biggest corporation in the galaxy is doing anymore. But they get. A crew of the space uh, 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 of thieves, I guess. A crew of thieves. They come in and they're trying to steal a ship. That's all they're trying to do. I, uh, I yeah, mean, I, they, there's why? some big loot on that ship. 
but, but we don't really know why. there wasn't anything on the ship no. except for the kid. I don't even, I, this is where the confusion begins right away. I have no clue. I felt like they, what are they even was doing? Just like a singing telegram gone wrong. Like they were like, pew, 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 pew. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's a solid we'll theory. Ship. Oh shit. We just stole a ship. This was just supposed to be a singing telegram. Right. Yeah, the prank went a little too far. Yeah, we have to re- we have to remind the audience if you have not been listening to our podcast, Mark, because we are all socially distanced away from one another. Mark is in a remote location, uh, with with some pretty spotty internet. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I even <laughs> uh, upgraded the internet from Whoa. the last time we talked. Yeah, uh, so you don't but... have to switch the phone on modem. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I do have to make sure no one uh, picks up the phone for the the 56k, but I mean, outside of that, we're good. So we could lose you at some point in this podcast. Did you get my facts about this movie? (laughs) I'm on that line, so I couldn't get your facts. Damn it! (laughs) Shit! Erica put all her notes in facts, and she faxed them to you, and now we don't have them. Super hilarious facts wasted. God damn it, Mark. Do you know how long does it take me to make my own paper during these times? To resend that fax? Oh, geez. Where can we pause we? the podcast and I can get the fax? <laughs> no, it's all right. Nope, we cannot pause we the cannot podcast. We cannot pause the podcast. What we cannot do is it's pause a dry the run first draft, no pause, pause cast. <laughs> pause cast. Here's the new idea for a podcast pause cast. <laughs> Where we run with it. Just run, run with, with it. That. That's it. That's right. it. Free That's the idea. Um, all right. So the, so Hawk is the guy coming in with his crew. Sure. To steal. That's his name. Hawk. If you say so. To steal the ship. And what happens? Peter, for, for reasons I don't understand, is in the ship. He's an asshole. I don't get why he steals away. Once they realize they have him, he just goes, can you take me home now? Like, what yeah. are you, What were you doing? Why are you? Uh, I mean, we never even see him go on the ship. When we see them actually get on, back, run back to the ship, a guy has to basically go up on a ladder and like undo a door. And then so how did he just sneak onto the ship in the first place? Because I mean, Peter has unbridled, aimless curiosity. Yes. And also, he wants to kill them all. He wants to bring down the entire crew. That's his goal. He's playing dumb, badly, because he wants to destroy them. Okay. Upside, terrific haircut. Yeah, like, I, I, we can't make fun of his haircut. His haircut, admirable haircut. was basically... Uh, kind of a long bowl cut, which was the the look of most. Oh God! Google him right now, though. Yikes! <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Yeah, he looks not the same. He doesn't have the same haircut. Jesus, reconsider the haircut. Oh, I see it. But Jake Mendenhall, the hall. I see that skin. Even I, now, we can't. He make was rocking that hair in different strokes. Punky Brewster. I mean. He was in Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yeah, it, he was in the They Still Call Me Bruce. I mean, th- yeah. this kid was the John Carroll Lynch of 80s movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a bit of a deep cut, but I'm just going to let that sit. That is, see, uh, let I, don't even under- that I don't even yeah. understand. I'm going to let what people you just look said. that up. Um, 
Yeah. He, on the yeah. pause cast, you can pause and go look <laughs> exactly. up. Thank you. That's an element. Yeah. No other. You can't pause any other podcast but the pause cast. That's the only podcast that you can pause. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, this kid who is just the devil himself uh, gets onto this ship and they instantly, of course, get chased. Oh, right? Hawk is dead in real life. Yes. Hawk I like to do on. my research during, during the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> yes. I like to get surprised. Oh, he was a <laughs> cancer, just like me. Yeah, Vince Edwards Shit. is his name. I and hate to his, lose a fellow cancer. He We're was, so uh, fucking moody. Shit. <laughs> he, his big uh, claim to fame was being on the TV show called... Uh, Ben Casey. He was Dr. Ben Casey. Oh, he died in 1996. This was not recent. Okay. Mm. The director <laughs> The director is also passed, and also the guy who did the music, no! quote-unquote, James Horner did the music. He's even credited. This is the thing about this movie is that um, obviously it was, it, it came out honestly the same year as Return of the Jedi, and was supposed to open up against it. It actually ends up going a few months after Return of the Jedi, but is a Star Wars ripoff completely. Nah. Um, what makes you think that? <laughs> everything we're going to talk about tonight. And if you were paying attention, uh, the soundtrack for this movie was the same soundtrack for the movie we, we reviewed last week. Yes. Yes, exactly. The, the James Horner, who's literally credited as doing the music, they take the music from... He actually does the music for another new world movie we have not talked about but eventually will which is a battle beyond the stars and it also takes um uh music away from uh humanoids from the deep which is another one of our episodes if you go back in our history in fact the main theme for space raiders is like pretty much the main theme throughout all of sorceress this movie, they just stole a bunch. In fact, they steal a lot. I think the main ship that they are in for most of the movie in Space Raiders is also the same main ship from Battle Beyond the Stars. I don't know for sure because we haven't watched that one. So we're going to we're going to this in an interesting fashion as we usually do. We didn't start with Battle Beyond the Stars, so we will uh, we we will just have some you know we'll we'll. We'll just have some nostalgia when we watch that. We're going to be like, oh, we've already seen that. We, we watched this in Space Raiders. I was hoping the whole time that the name of the ship in Space Raiders was Hammerhead Ballsack. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Hammerhead it, Ballsack. But it, we don't know. The, <laughs> we don't know. Time out. I'm just rem, rem, I'm just. Time out? Isn't time it the pause, out. the pause cast? Can we do the time out cast? The pause cast is different. <laughs> what, what was the pause for? I'm just cracking up at Monk's hammerhead ball sack. <laughs> that is accurate. It that is accurate. Is, it it is not a cool like, looking ship. It looks ship. like balls, but then I kept thinking, was like, was it? Is it like fallopian tubes? But hammerhead ball sack, that's it. Yeah, and why does that it look it. flesh-like on the outside? It looks <laughs> I so... don't know. Why? It's the worst. It doesn't look cool at all. No other ship looks. All the other ships look like spaceships, and this one it's looks like I don't a hammerhead know, like ball sack. Something. Hammerhead, hammerhead ball, ball sack. sack. Ooh. 
I just, I, yeah. yeah. Or like fallopian tubes with balls. Yeah, it does. Erica's showing me pictures of fallopian tubes. <laughs> I, thought Ryan might, I thought Ryan might enjoy a visual of fallopian <laughs> tubes in case he forgot what they looked like. Thank I just you. naturally know what they look like as a lady with fallopian tubes. Sure. I can just close my eyes and touch my temples and wee woo wee woo. And you just wee, zone right into it. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I can't do that with my own dick and balls. <laughs> I have to just look. I have to look at them. I can't close my eyes and see. That's why Ryan has so many pictures of his dick and balls. (laughs) Hanging up in our house. You gotta see him somewhere. to remember. (laughs) Framed. Framed. Why did I allow you to frame those? (laughs) Why didn't I allow them to It was a good deal. It was a really good deal. It was a a really good deal. That five cent sale on frames. (laughs) We, we, We framed that one and we got another one framed for half off. I guess... What's almost as curious as the shape of their spaceship is uh, the purple scarf that their alien buddies wearing the whole time. Oh, <laughs> flight plan. I'd like. I'd like to think the actor was like, no, 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 no. Flight plan would want this scarf on. It really that's it's part of his people. It's part of his family culture. So I, I need to wear the scarf. Also. His name is Flight Plan. Flight Plan. That's right. So if you're an alien on a ship of just regular humans, do they just demean you by giving you a very utilitarian name? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that's his name just translated to English, but it sounds prettier in his native alien tongue. Or they just like, hey, a couple of us are going to happy hour. Flight plan, you in? What about you in flight meal service? Uh, <laughs> septic tank, you in? Like, is that how it goes? Uh, have you guys seen landing right. gear you down? You would really like in flight uh, meal service <laughs> flight plan. I don't, actually. I don't like him at all. Oh, we thought you guys would get along because you're both aliens of the same race. I heard that emergency floor lighting is showing up. Better put on that scarf flight plan. They're just named after different parts of the sh- of a ship. Or I hope that just one time he had a flight plan and it just stuck. And he's like, God damn it. Right. Good like, job, flight plan. That's what we got to call him. Flight plan. He's like, shit. <laughs> uh, we make one flight plan and then it sticks. We know how to go to that moon because of old flight plan here. Good he's job, like, flight plan. He's like, God damn it. My name is Bus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we can't pronounce yeah. that. Forget we it. can't pronounce flight plan. You're going plan. by flight plan, bro. Cause... Are you kidding? That's your flight plan now, bud. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> Speaking of being on the flight, they instantly get uh, hunted because, of course, they steal this plane for fucking no reason I can understand. But anyway. There's loot on the plane loot i guess there's loot on the plane but then they say the flight was empty i don't know anyway whatever then all of a sudden they have an issue because the plasma module needs to be fixed Mm -hmm. yeah even though they say switch to auxiliary they just they had he spent two seconds trying to come up with words that sounded like they had issues on the plane yeah it's so bad anyway they had to go do it but they can't get down to fix the plasma module so who does it Peter. Oh, that mm-hmm. little asshole. And this is a crowning moment for Peter, who I, again, I think is a very deceptive 
uh, evil, conniving child. Mm-hmm. Because he does one thing. This is the only thing he does that has any redeeming quality in the whole movie. But uh, which is that he fixes this plasma module, which happens to be, by the way, just a long tube that he has to bat into place with a crowbar mm-hmm. so that it's back. So I guess the fumes of it are going into some sort of open hole. <laughs> yeah. That asshole broke it in the first place. How does he even know how to fix that? He broke it. Hot, hot theory. Hot theory. Years he later from this 1983 movie. Mm-hmm. Years later, hot theory. Yep. Hot. Hot theory. Hot theory. Hot theory. Maybe a new category, just, just sounding it out to see if there's a song there. La 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 la. like that. Also, when he goes down like there, a... the instructions. Yeah. Sorry. What was that? <laughs> we lost you there. Oh, I was just saying when he goes down there, they're yelling at him and they're saying, there's a breaker cart down there. There must be a loose connection. Right. Don't touch anything and hurry before we get blown up. Like this kid has no instructions. How is he supposed to know what to do? Well, it's easy because you just have to bat a tube back into a, a place and it doesn't even con- oh. connect to anything. It, li- I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this this thing, if that is all, if that's what you have to do, oh, just bat it into place with a crowbar. Like they're going to have issues with this plasma module a whole lot on this ship. Well, also, why yes. are you tapping into crew member plasma module to fix it? You already got flight plan. Right. <laughs> Just be Where's all, that person? hey, plasma module, why don't you get down here and fix yourself? <laughs> well, eventually, that's they get to, what's that? No, go ahead. Eventually, they get to, I'm just moving along. So if you have something to add there, go ahead. I was just going to say, so in this part of the scene, too, they're climbing into this hole. They, they're walking to the back of the ship. They go to this area where they have to crawl down and get down to the space where the guy can't fit. So they send Peter the asshole to go down there and fix it. All the while, they are in the midst of a space battle. So the ship is turning sideways. It's t- turning up and down and fighting this battle. It, they're it, walking it, around. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> if you're walking around, you're just standing, you're squatting, and this plane is flying all over the place, wouldn't you be getting batted around? And I started, so I started to do a little research. And Oh, here we uh-oh! go. The question is, are G-forces in space, are there G-forces in space, even if there isn't gravity? Well, like, obviously, if you're sitting, they have enough scenes where they're sitting and they shake a little bit. So there must be G-forces. And G-forces are basically the same thing as saying that G-force is a unit. So the same thing as saying that there's meters in space. So you, as a aircraft pilot, even in space, you still need to worry about G-forces because of acceleration and deceleration going right and left. So direction makes a big, Uh is a big feels like math. But okay, we're going. Let's go. The most damaging. I'll numbers. cut the math out. Mark is crunching the most damaging numbers right now. Okay, so G force acceleration deceleration. Most damaging G forces are the downwards G forces when blood rushes into the brain and to the eyes, where a negative two to negative three G is about the limit that you can handle. 
the least is a forwards or eyeballs in G-Force, as in like a speeding car. Uh, this is where an astronaut would be lying on their back and the rocket is accelerating forward. Uh, the average human can withstand about 17 Gs for a few minutes without losing consciousness or suffering any long-term uh, uh, damage. Uh, but when you think about all the turning, acceleration and deceleration, these play, the, the ship, the hammerhead ball sack has to take in, <laughs> they should be flying around that plane like a bunch of fucking marbles in a tin can, which <laughs> would be far more entertaining than anything happening in that scene. And I'm thinking, why are they not just getting beat the fuck up by the plane, the whole, the ship, the whole time? That would be fun to watch. Anyway. <laughs> More wow. angrily crunches the numbers. <laughs> get your wow. fucking G-forces in line. Just fucking get your G-forces in. Now I'm furious on Mark's behalf. I am, I am too. That they is fucking, uh, They need to sort their G-forces. Yeah, they did not sort that out at all. It's bullshit. Now I hate this movie even more. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> if you can't respect G-force and you're making a movie in space. They then... lost me at Robots Need Coffee. What's the fucking point of a robot then if it's going to be competing with humans for coffee? That's bullshit. The so, whole point of a robot should be that it just fucking works. If I have to get Alexa a cup of coffee in the morning alongside of me to play me whatever, my fucking favorite tunes while I cry through my work day, then... <laughs> Forget it. Robots shouldn't... Are we already on things we hated? Because I feel like I'm just breezing right... I'm G-forcing right into things we hated. Um, uh, well, we might as well. We might as well. I I, uh, I think we, I had some other notes of the I movie. I can reverse but... G-force back into things we loved if you need that. Isn't that what it's called, Mark? Reverse G-force? Reverse G-force. Yeah, you can do a negative 2G right into things we loved. <laughs> so we should just say real quick... This movie is obviously a very huge Star Wars kind of ripoff. If we were sort of following Han Solo, but Han Solo was way old. <laughs> it's also a Star Trek ripoff. It's also like a Flight of the Navigator ripoff with this yeah. kid. Like this kid sort of becomes kind of... like a gunner, and he, Han Solo is more like he's older, so he's kind of a father figure. It's like a blend. Nestled of- in the middle, too, is a bit of a Home Alone ripoff when Space Marv and Space Peter are chasing after him. Yeah, right. Because there's like a Home Alone sequence where he tries to they tried to kidnap him. We've got a bad guy called Zarian. I can't. I don't know. I, sure. He looks yeah, like. Yes. He looks like a uh, like if somebody tried to basically dress up like Cronenberg's The Fly on Halloween and they didn't have very long to prepare. But had some that's glitter. that's essentially paint. what the bad guy looks like. No? Anyone? No? Am I alone on that one? Ryan's all by himself. <laughs> Ryan's alone. But the, the aliens in general on this look really bad. Uh, there is a cantina scene. In fact, there's several cantina oh, scenes. Oh, I was gonna say ah, more like. And uh, are we on things we loved? They use that that's... cantina. Oh, we'll, we'll get Uh-oh. there. We'll get there. <laughs> that cantina set is like they use that a ton. And what's so great about some of these bad alien looks is that if you notice the singer, 
during the cantina scene, there's a there's a musician and mm-hmm. a singer, and the singer, it looks like she just has a parrot head. Yeah, like she's just a bird head. It looks like that alien. because it, looks, it is that. I mean, what's great uh, about that too? She's got the bird head. The mouth isn't moving. They're not even yeah. trying to no. make it look like she's singing, and she's just got green latex gloves on because yeah. they obviously couldn't buy yep. any <laughs> An actual like bird bird hands or something. <laughs> no bird hands. Oh, it's so bad. The only thing that would have saved that is if she would have removed that bird head and then had on in like an alien makeup underneath. Like, (laughs) just kidding. Right. Like I wear this bird head just when I sing. Yeah. Oh, man. But they didn't have any sort of budget for that kind of thing. It looks so bad. And these uh, kidnappers try to take Peter. They have eventually successfully do take Peter. Peter gets himself off the ship on a in like a escape pod. An escape pod. They pick him up. He yells to Ballsack. He fucking <laughs> yells. Ballsack. They can just hear him. That he goes Hawk as if they can hear him. No, because flight plan can it. feel him. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, flight plan. Yeah, flight plan. Flight More plan. More like fucking supersonic hearing. Flight plan, plan has uh has uh the the power to sort of sense things or sense people, with the exception of two people racing loudly down a hallway who eventually shoot and kill him. But you know, we'll get there. You <laughs> <laughs> can, can sense everyone else though, for fuck's sake. What an idiot. <laughs> so dumb. Um, <laughs> they eventually steal. Uh, uh, they eventually steal a ship which looks exactly like Hammershead Ballsack. I don't understand. This is the only ship they have. That was Hammershead Ballsack V2. (laughs) That was Fallopian Ballsack. And, and, okay, so they they have to steal three more ships because Zarian, the, uh, I'm just going to stick with it, the Cronenberg Fly (laughs) cheap knockoff. (laughs) Uh, instructs him to steal three ships. Hawk says, hey, Amanda, you go ahead and take one ship. <laughs> Space name, Amanda. Amanda. Like we've never right. gone farther. Right. Oh, got- what a futuristic name. We've got Flight Plan, we've got Zarion, and we've got Amanda. <laughs> no offense, Amanda. So I happen to uh, love Amandas in general, but really... It's not a great. Well, Peter. I mean, there's not. There's some very generic names mixed in with uh, some sort of futuristic sounding names. Uh, Amanda wants to uh, take get a break from everything, so he lets like her the take entire the movie. She's What's annoyed that? as shit through the entire movie. She doesn't want to be there oh, at all. So oh. angry. So I can really relate to Amanda. Yeah, she yeah. was like, "What are we doing? This yeah. is such bullshit." It was great. Yeah, Amanda is uh, a hero to me in this movie. They go to, I think they literally go back to the same planet we were on initially to steal these uh, ships from the robots. And that's where we really get a good sense of how uh, how nimble the robots are. And they eventually shoot, I guess they kill a bunch of robots, who knows. They steal these ships. Amanda takes Peter to her, to her home planet or a planet, but she's getting chased there. She crashes. Uh, Amanda gets killed. Peter has to get runs off. Uh, it's a whole I mean, mess. Peter what the fuck Amanda, is happening? Peter gets Amanda killed. Let's recount it as it happened. Amanda doesn't get killed. 
Peter gets her killed. Yeah, I mean, I real quick thing about Peter. This is a, a I mean, I'm going to I feel like a broken record here, but I this is my theory. You know, Peter's parents, they never really put out a ransom for him. And I think the reason is because they know that kid is fucking trouble. Right. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do anything anyone tells him. Correct. Uh, there's a scene where he is left in his room and Hawk says, stay in your room. We're going to go to the cantina mm-hmm. and, uh, because we want to try to replicate very cheaply and poorly the uh, cantina scene from Star Wars. And he sneaks out of his room like he totally rewires shit like, you know, he's a fucking master engineer. Gets out of this head of his room and then the kidnappers who are, who recognize that he's a company kid, a kid from the company. So we could get a lot of money for him. It's that haircut. Uh, <laughs> and he they run after him. They see him get on the elevator. They're like, hold the elevator. He doesn't know they're the kidnappers. He doesn't know who they are. I don't know. To be fair, they they walk. They look. They, they look. look. They look. Like yeah, they look like bad dudes. But he has no clue who they are. He has no clue what they're up to. He hits the button, bam, closes the door. That's why Because I, he's a dick. He's an asshole. Because he's a dick. That's why I think he broke the thing in the ship that he can fix. Maybe. Well, how does he break? He couldn't crawl in there and break that thing and then recon. I mean, I mean, I couldn't know. he? He rewired his own room yeah, to get out. Okay, fair. Yeah. He's, he's also slowly killing a beetle for half the movie. He doesn't, though, because... Here's the thing about this. This beetle is also another thing where, like, he's it's such a big part of the movie. He, he st- gets his beetle in the beginning of the movie. Hawk, uh, he he cuts open a beer can to put him in so he has more air to breathe. At one point, flight plans like he's hungry, gives him a bit of food. You feel like, oh, we got this bug thing, and it's a big part of it. Once he gets back onto the planet when they and they're trying to steal those three ships from the robots, he just lets the thing go, like mid movie. You just like go bug. I'm like, what the fuck was the point of the bug? Uh, I was thinking Why when you did that too. Care? I thought he let him go on a different planet. Don't that's that's terribly irresponsible. Yeah, he just let. Yeah, who knows if this is because the... he's an asshole. He introduced right. A, he introduced a non-native species into a new planet because mm-hmm. he wants to fucking mm-hmm. destroy it. Guess what? Space Raiders two fucking Revenge of Peter. Yep. It's about that planet dying. It's about kidnappers actually being probably like workers of the local school who are trying to just mm-hmm. get him as a truant, trying to get his ass back in the seat and teach him a little bit. He's a little asshole. He's a, like escaped from some sort of like kid prison planet. Yeah. He's and a they're, jerk. they're like, those people are trying to get him. They're like, holy shit. I, who knows what uh, Peter, what, what, what havoc Peter has, 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 uh, has caused, uh, particularly if he's gotten in with a crew of thieves, mm-hmm. of space Adults. thieves. Yeah. Let's say space raiders. He can manipulate. He could destroy ra- raiders. them. Yeah. yeah. We got to stop him before he kills everybody. All right. Let's jump into things we love and things we hated because this movie's fucking exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Erica. Oh, I have to start. Well, you did. Haven't I been aggressively freaking out about things I loved and things I hated? <laughs> okay. Things I loved. I fucking loved nothing about this movie. <laughs> oh, boy. Next. <laughs> Mark. 
I'm going to say I loved uh, I loved the Hawkisms or Hawks Hemmings of Hope or maybe Hawks Hemmings of Hope Hawk Talk. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Hawk Talk. For example, Hawk talk. for example, bear Hawk with talk. me. Hold on, Peter. Listen to me. Things are always happening that we don't expect, and you can think of them as an ordeal. Or you can think of them as a great adventure. It's the adventurers who make it. I am not gonna make it because in my life everything's a fucking ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not it. Yeah, that's, that's really not his best. That's not the best hawk talk. Here's what. Here's my favorite. Life's a ride, kiddo. You fire up the engines and you see where they take you. You make friends and you move on. And all you can do is remember as best you can. Yep. Ooh, he's talking about one night stands. You fire up the engines, you make friends. <laughs> you basically put on a condom, you bang somebody <laughs> and you move on. Got it. Noted. Noted. Uh, you're right. You're right to call those out. Those were really great little moments. <laughs> I loved a lot of little things in this movie. Like, um, for one, when we talk about the plasma thing, when they throw a crowbar down to little Peter, you see him reaching for the crowbar. And what's amazing to me about that shot is that they showed too much of his arm. So he's reaching for the crowbar as if it's out of reach. But really, if he just, as soon as he just extends his arm all the way out, he grabs it. <laughs> Maybe he has a hyperextended elbow. <laughs> it's like he's he's got tennis elbow, so extending it all the way really like, hurt. <laughs> so it's so. I mean, I've watched this thing now three times, and every time I laugh at that moment because you really, it's like he's reaching out and he's moving his hand and his fingers, but it's like all you have to do is extend your arm all the way, and you got it. <laughs> it's not that far out of reach. He was oh, hanging out at the wow. Home Depot because of his elbow. Otherwise, he'd be at tennis camp. <laughs> also, <laughs> um, also to go back to your G-Force stuff, uh, the only person who seems to be affected by G-Force in that in that hammerhead ball sack is Peter when they are suddenly trying to, in the middle of a, a space battle, he's just pushed around and bumps to everybody on the bridge. And uh, gets pushed or shoved or bumps into everybody until they get a nice long shot of the bridge. And you realize there's plenty of room for him to be on that bridge. <laughs> he does not need to be in anyone's business. There's so much room uh, on that bridge. It's very funny to me. He's just bumping into everybody, getting them sick. Because he's probably a company kid who has some little fucking disease he can spread around. <laughs> God, I hated him. Uh Okay, the dude in the cantina who's obsessed with building a house of cards. That guy is amazing. Oh, and it's also cards that are clearly all glued together sure. because when somebody bumps into the table, they don't move. If the very first introduction I didn't realize till the second viewing at least, like they bump into him and he's just creepily smiling at everybody. It's so great. And then he goes back to like adding cards. Like this guy's obsessed <laughs> with just Adding cards, like he—he's he, just hanging out in a bar by himself, building a house of cards. Yep, nothing yep. creepy about that. That would nothing. be your favorite thing that you love, Ryan. Cool. Uh, then another shot I loved here—the shot when they try to take the the three ships from the robots, 
they look over and they say, that's where all the robots are. And there's a shot and the robots are running towards them. They cut back to the group. They cut back again. It's the exact same shot of the robots coming towards them. (laughs) This movie has a very low carbon footprint because they recycle so much. They recycle music. They recycle shots. They recycle uh, space footage. I think Hammerhead Ballsack is the main ship in the, uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. So we may. I'm pretty sure Hammerhead Ballsack that. is just an x ray <laughs> of my pelvis. <laughs> Reused over and over again. You know what? I, retra- I redact. Retract? Redact? I redict my statement. There were things I loved. I did love. I did love yeah. Card Guy. And yeah, I also Card Guy. Loved Thank you. The weirdly horny restaurant manager oh yes weirdly horny who's wearing just a black shirt and a white tie like that yeah. that weird futuristic that's combo how far, that's how far restaurant managers have come in the future now they wear ties <laughs> what a, th- a thin white tie and a black shirt this must be the future yeah i mean i have to say the whole, all the bar scenes are my favorite scenes because not only that you have oh, in the just... future you can get plenty Coors Golden and Killian's Red. Yep. I mean, yes. was the liquor see. land down the street from the New World <laughs> Picture Studio in Venice having a blowout sale on Killian's Red? <laughs> they bought all they could. <laughs> and they, yeah, but you, they have you like the ketchup and mustard in a bottle on the table. <laughs> exactly. Interesting there. They had a they've got the, they've got the Gingham style tablecloths, so it looks like you're at an old picnic. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's they it's so bad it's so bad uh i roger corman might have been like the production designer in this one as well like they just didn't do anything um the other thing is that when peter is on the run once amanda has brought him they crash landed and a man poor amanda yeah, gets he killed fucking kills amanda and he no, runs he kills away. amanda well, yes re- he re- does he does recount it correctly he runs down the creek and he trips and falls in the creek and it does not look fake it looks like a real <laughs> fall and i watched that the last time and i was like fuck you peter <laughs> yeah that's what you get asshole for killing everybody i hope he rolled your ankle um rabbit style <laughs> all right so things we hated um it, it, i i i have it's i have it's it's like a laundry list i don't know but uh but mark things things you hated i i i fucking hate killian's red <laughs> wait what does he hate? he hate killian's red which is the beer they're drinking that's the can that they cut open <laughs> to put the bug in is a killian's red oh that beer sucks <laughs> <laughs> Erica there's no titty count I hated it there's no titty count there's fallopian tubes there's an asshole kid I felt like I was just living another day as Erica hated it all of it except Mm -hmm. for the restaurant scene there were some highlights yes but yeah mostly I hated it I hated Peter I don't understand why (laughs) why do they like this kid so much is it just because he's a kid? They do all manner of things to help this kid out. He does one thing for them to fix something in the ship. That he broke. <clears throat> that he might have br- broken in to begin with. Again, I think he's out to kill this entire crew from the get-go. So I don't understand. I hate Peter. I I, I just hated him. 
I guess I hated the special effects. I don't know. No, it's, it's how hard dare to... you? The shitty special <clears throat> effects are the best. I don't know if I hated it or if I loved it. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Like I didn't, I didn't understand why. Uh, at at some point, they are they are getting chased by like a robot ship. I know it would probably be a whole set and things, but why not just get a quick couple shots of like the robots on the ship? So we could just kind of know what that ship is. It's like it's not. It's not that difficult. I know it's it costs money, but like just so we kind of know which ship is which and who's on the ship, and so we kind of can get. They don't. They you just don't understand what the heck is happening. The only, I guess, the only reason why they use Hammerhead Ballsack is because at least it's recognizable. The other ships kind of look the same-ish, other than maybe the company ship. But then the robots are on the same ship as the company ship from earlier in the movie. So I don't know. I mean, I, it just, to your point, like, just at least let us see the people on both ships. Because we don't get to see both ships in space, quote-unquote, at the same time. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, you could argue, too, there isn't any reason to care about any character in this movie. There's no backstory. There's no, there's no story arc outside of what becomes a kind of awkward relationship between Hawk and Peter. I mean, we was I the only one getting a little creeped out by that relationship? Well, here's the thing. Uh, to your point uh, about Hawkisms or in Hawk Talk, <laughs> I he's the only one that I can really care for. Him and Amanda. Uh, I loved Amanda. She, for one, things I loved, she she warned them about this kid from the get-go. She said this kid was trouble. Yeah. In the very beginning, she was dead right. And I mean dead right because she dies later yeah. because of this terrible yeah. kid. So I don't know. I, I, I guess you could say it's kind of a weird situation. But he even explains like he just wants to save his kid because the kid thinks he's a hero and he just wants to feel like he could be somebody that's he's the only one that has any sort of justification for anything that anyone does in the entire movie. Everybody except else, for Amanda, except for Amanda, doing. who's like, we need, we need to, I need to go home. Right. And, and we, we need, need to get, get away from this kid. Yeah. They're the only two that have any justification, justification, which is why I love them both. <laughs> I'm reading some reviews online <laughs> and people, people are literally saying, I honestly don't care if this kid, if this kid lives or dies. <laughs> I love it. They're like, you get what you get. It's a poor man's Star Wars. There's a restaurant scene that looks pretty great, but otherwise, who cares about this kid? <laughs> That's probably written by the guy who is trying to build the house of cards. <laughs> Find me. This kid is a murderous criminal. This person has the Thank same you. as Ryan. Thank you. You're dead right, sir. <laughs> sir or madam. Yes. Um, all right. Let me just... This brat may annoy some, but otherwise, not a bad movie. Well, yeah, that's, that's wrong. way too generous. Love that's it. way too generous. Love all right. It. I'm going to jump into my research corner so we Uh-oh. can kind of close this thing out. Oh, Ryan's research corner. <laughs> all right. Real quick tidbits. This was directed by Howard R. Cohen. He also wrote it. He had directed Saturday the 14th before this, which we will eventually get to. And he wrote a bunch of New World movies. 
Unholy Rollers, Young Nurses, and we've already watched this. Striker. Woo! Oh. Hero Striker. He eventually uh, became involved in, uh, of all things, Rainbow Bright. Writing many Mm. episodes of the TV show as well as he also wrote for Care Bears. Um, David Mendehall plays Peter. This is his film debut. He was 11 years old. He obviously, we we went over this. He he goes on to Over the Top. But I remember him from an appearance, and I think Mark does too, in Different Strokes in a very special episode about drug use. I I guess this is the place where Robbie said to push you and meet us. What am I doing here? Same as me, shaking. (laughs) What does a drug pusher look like anyway? Uh, You know, probably a big, mean-looking dude with a scar. Yeah. Uh, Let's keep our eyes open for any suspicious-looking characters. Hi. (laughs) Who are you? Robbie said to meet you here. It's him, Scarface. (laughs) Huh? Look, what kind of pills do you want? I don't have a lot of time. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> he obviously had a lot of emotional range then, too. Uh, but he would go on to become a very prominent voiceover actor. Uh, Pat Patsy Pease played Amanda, and she went from this movie on to Days of Our Lives. Okay. Um, quick fun fact, Tom Christopher, who played the alien flight plan, he played a character named Hawk. On Buck Rogers. Oh, all right. So how about that? But the real uh, point of... Did he bring uh, the purple scarf with him? (laughs) I I don't. That's a good question. He might have. He might have. The real research corner, though, is about the era of Millennium Films, which is the production company behind this movie, which Roger Corman started because this is around the era that is the end of the Corman era and the start of the new ownership of new world pictures. Now around 1981 new world was doing really well. They had a bunch of really big hits because they had done a lot of foreign acquisitions like breaker Morant, um, which I think was nominated for an Oscar and merchant ivory's quartet amongst a bunch of other things. So they were there, they were actually starting to become quite a big distributor and they were, in fact, the biggest independent distributor. So the New World legal advisor, Barbara Boyle, she was trying to convince Corman to go public. But Roger Corman didn't want to do that. He did not want to give up the autonomy of the company. He felt like he had more power if he kept the money and he was the one involved in the financing. Because once you go public, then you're beholden to too many other people. So then we enter uh, entertainment lawyers Harry Sloan and Larry Cuppen. They were actually entertainment lawyers who represented a bunch of uh, actors of the time, namely Gary Coleman of Different Strokes. Mm -hmm. Full circle. Full circle. So they had actually produced a movie uh, called Jimmy the Kid uh, that we have not watched, but we will, that no major studio would release. It actually sat on the shelf for like a year until they brought it to Roger Corman and he put it out and he decided to plan it as the Christmas New World movie in 1982. And they made a good amount of money off of it, even though I'm not sure how the reviews were. I think they're pretty lukewarm. Um, I, doubt that, I doubt that has a big titty count. <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah, not good. But is there Hawk Talk? We'll see. <laughs> uh, 
So, uh, and at the time that they met Corman, he had basically pointed out to them that all the other independent in- distributors that were uh, alive during the 70s and so had all sort of died off. And that New World was basically one of the last independent distributors standing, but he was not sure that he wanted to invest money to fill the void that was there for independent distribution, which made uh, Harry and Larry just go, hmm, uh, maybe we should. So they decided uh, to team up to buy the studio. Now, why things were not going uh, as well for Corman or why he was not sure he wanted to put a bunch of money and investment in there is because he was also discovering that genre movies were now getting produced more and more by the major studios. And they were doing it for bigger budgets. And Mm -hmm. Corman was actually not doing as well with his movies. In fact, in his autobiography, How I Made 100 Movies in Hollywood and Never Lost a Dime, he admits that for one year, one of the years in the early 80s, he, quote, actually lost money, unquote. So I guess that defeats the title of his book. Um, So he decided to get out of the distribution biz. And in 1982... Harry, Larry, and another guy named Larry decided to buy New World Pictures. They did so for $16.5 million. And what they did is Corman gave them the name and the operation. He kept the movies. He started a production company, literally moved across the street in Brentwood, and decided to... And his deal was that he could produce films directly for uh, New World. And Space Raiders was one of those movies. Uh, Millennium Films only produced three movies, Screwballs, Love Letters, and Space Raiders, Um, until Roger decided to fold Millennium Films because, quote, nobody could spell it. Nobody knew what it meant. So he stopped Millennium Films altogether and started Encore. There's another backstory to that. Typically, you don't fold a company for those reasons. Like you're thinking maybe because of the quality of what they produced? I'm going to go. That could be one. One to (laughs) consider. So also around this time, just so you know, as a footnote, they they bought the company, but they obviously, and they introduced a huge slate of movies at Cannes in 1983, but they had to like go produce those. One of those, by the way, is Angel, which we will get to. The Angel Trilogy we will get to eventually in this podcast. Yes, we will. But Angel was not going to be ready until 1984. That was the first movie released under the new ownership. And then Children of the Corn, if you want to go back and listen to that episode. Um, so they had to buy a bunch of movies, not only deal with all the Millennium uh, movies that Roger Corman was producing, but they bought a whole bunch of movies just to distribute. And that's how we got Stryker. Uh, and also movies like The Pit and The Prey and a bunch of other movies that we will eventually cover in this podcast. But that's how they decided to do that. Spoiler um, alert, we own those movies. What's that? We have spoiler alert, we own those movies. We've actually <laughs> yes. spent money oh, yes. for the special edition Blu-rays of those movies. Yeah, we didn't say, but the way we watch Space Raiders, there is a Blu-ray uh DVD of this. We did not I don't think we none of us got that, but it is on Prime. That's how we all watched it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think it I, also I, might I, be on YouTube, but we watched it on Prime. It is on YouTube. I because I was looking on YouTube for <clears throat> trailers and it was on there. So that was basically my research. I just wanted to kind of go over a little bit about 
Millennium Films because this is one of three movies that was released during that uh, with that with that production company before he folded it and moved on to Concord Pictures or Concord Films, I think. Um, don't look at me. I don't know. <laughs> He's looking at me. I don't know. <clears throat> Which is the next podcast we will do? Concord Films. We we talked about. I this. thought we were doing the pause cast. <laughs> well, in between, in between pause casts, when we pause the pause cast, then we can do a Concord podcast. No, okay. That's it. That's the Ryan's Research That's Corner. It. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do favorite scenes if we if that's even possible. Uh, it, it, for me, it's the, I've already said it's the uh, it's the bar scene. Erica, yeah, bar scene. We've been there, done that. Bar scene. Bar scene is the only good scene. Um, Ryan, uh, <laughs> my favorite scene has to be, and I mentioned it before in things I loved. Uh, it's got to be the scene where Peter trips for real in the creek. <laughs> fuck you, Peter. <laughs> fuck you, little Peter. Hashtag fuck you, Peter. Hashtag fuck you, Peter. Uh, <laughs> that, little, that little asshole. Yeah, to hell with you. Uh, that's my favorite scene. Mark? Final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> this, this- Yay! I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. I don't want to talk about it. Even though it's a podcast, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. I don't want to talk about it. That was Space Raiders. Um, Please uh, rate and review us wherever you find our podcast. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Wherever you find your podcast, but namely those three (laughs) and maybe a handful of others. Um, You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. Please do all those things. Tell a friend. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Space Raiders. And we will see you next time.